Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, it has finally happened. It's official. Jim Harbaugh's leaving my Michigan Wolverines to go coach Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Wahoo! That's what we're going to talk about today. And I am joined by a very, 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 very special guest, Jack Cavanaugh, to discuss that and a couple other things as well. So go ahead, take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Money. How you doing? I am great. I am absolutely great. I'm excited to be here talking to you once again. Maybe it's good luck talking to Jason ahead of Lions games in the playoffs. Because so far the Lions are one and zero when I go on wake and take. Hopefully, make that two and zero. Hopefully, that curse of Kirk Cousins keeps going strong, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> We'll t- we'll definitely break down that NFC Championship later. I would be remiss to not let you talk about the Detroit Lions. But the big story today, we've got to talk about it. Of course, we've been talking about it on Player Profiler today here on Wake and Take as well as the rumors have been building. But we know it for sure now. The man has gone and done it. Jim Harbaugh is signing a five-year deal with the Los Angeles Chargers. What are your, your first thoughts on this? Well, my first thoughts are, I am so sorry, Jason. I know that you've been dreading this. I know you've seen this coming. You and one of my buddies, Smokey, have both been kind of happy about the success of the Michigan Wolverines, but also know that if he won the national championship, there was no way he was coming back. If he lost, maybe, maybe he chases that again. But I think in the end, this is ultimately the right decision for Michigan, for Jim Harbaugh, for the Chargers. I do, as as tough as, as it is to see him leave Michigan, I think this is a win for everyone. And we'll start with why this is a win for Michigan, because I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to be allowed to coach in 2024. <laughs> I really think that this is the – I keep comparing it to Michael Jordan. and Whether or not you believe Michael Jordan was actually going to be suspended from the NBA and that's why he went and played baseball for some time doesn't matter. But I think that is the same idea, is that Jim Harbaugh was going to be suspended by the NCAA. There were going to be some sanctions. He was not going to be coaching this year. And so Michigan has an answer. Instead of having to deal with that scandal and having to reassure recruits, okay, well, just please stay because we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. Now you have a succession plan with Sharon Moore. He's going to take over. So you're going to keep most of your recruits. You're not going to lose a whole lot of people like Alabama did, bringing in some guy that they don't know. So I think that's why it's a win for the Michigan Wolverines. 
But more importantly, I think it's a win for Jim Harbaugh because, well, he gets to coach this year, first and foremost. And this is a win for the Chargers because they get to pair Jim Harbaugh with Justin Herbert. That pairing is going to feed families. Now, things could still go wrong from here. We don't know his offensive staff. There's lots of rumors that Greg Roman could be joining the Chargers. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then I'm going to start to get a little bit worried. But for now, we've seen what Jim Harbaugh did with Colin Kaepernick with the San Francisco 49ers. We saw what he did with Andrew Luck at Stanford. How much do we want to credit Jim Harbaugh for that? I don't know about that. But then we even saw what he did with J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. So I'm a believer that this was the right decision. They could prove me wrong, but I think this is really a win for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the the thinking there, and, and I do somewhat agree with you. And I like the fact that, you know, Shromore had this opportunity at Michigan this year to prove himself. He won every game, even beat the Buckeyes as the interim, I guess you could call it. Uh, and so, you know, at, at Michigan, we're still sitting pretty. We know the Buckeyes will never beat us again. Uh, and, and we're happy for Jim Harbaugh because I talked about it yesterday. His color scheme gets to stay the same. He still gets to rock the khakis with the good old blue and yellow. And he gets to be, like you mentioned, with Justin Herbert. And, I mean, what better coaching opportunity is there than to coach Justin Herbert? I love it. And you talked a little bit about, you know, some of the quarterback success that he has had. But how in particular do you think this is going to help Justin Herbert, if at all? I think it'll just be getting kind of back to basics, getting yeah. back to normal, just starting from not, not from scratch. You don't have mm -hmm. to tear Justin Herbert down to build him back up, but it's just focusing on the right details. Brandon Staley was a defensive minded head coach. Yep. It just didn't really work out. And Kellen Moore this past year, they, they had some fun on offense, but Kellen Moore was new to the team. So that's another new offense, new verbiage that you're all having to learn. Mm -hmm. And they just didn't really have the team around Justin Herbert. Mike Williams goes down early in the season. The offensive line struggles throughout the year. There's still pieces on the offensive line, but it just never really fit all together. Whereas I think with Jim Harbaugh, that's going to be one of the big differences is the culture is going to be there. They're going to get the talent there as well. And they're just going to allow Justin Herbert to be Justin Herbert rather than, all right, time to throw another curl. Thanks to yeah. Jim Hardy as our offensive coordinator. What do you mean that there's no deep route? What do you mean it's five curls on this play? So things like that, just letting Justin Herbert be Justin Herbert and just allowing him to thrive. Yeah, I, th I think that's where I'm at with you. Because, I mean, like, yeah, his quarterbacks have had success, but they're all very different. J.J. McCarthy, Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick. So I don't think you can necessarily pinpoint and be like, Jim Harbaugh made these quarterbacks successful uh, with some sort of special scheme. That special scheme, though, is just, you know, having a solid football team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes and is complimentary football. The thing that every coach is trying to do, that's just what Jim Harbaugh has always established at his teams. And I think that's going to be really good. And I'm throwing this out into the universe right now. The Chargers will draft Blake Corum in the third round, early okay. third round pick. I've Blake seen Corum. people saying he's going in the second round. I think second round, I don't, I don't see Blake Corum going in the second round. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Blake Corum third round to the Chargers. Austin Eckler walks in free agency. That is just it's too obvious not yeah. to happen. Maybe it does happen in the second round because Jim gets gets it in his head that he needs his Frank Gore. He needs his yeah. Blake Corum. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. Why? I mean, and it's, and it's setting up perfectly, Jack. Austin Eckler leaves. They bring in Blake Corum this year. And then who do they get to draft in 2025? Donovan Edwards. And oh, then you get that satellite no. back again that he's already coached. It's beautiful. He can maybe even get Roman Wilson again at the very end of the draft. He can get all, I mean, he can get JJ McCarthy as Justin Herbert's backup. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, I like what's going on here. I think it's going to be a great hire. Do you think, so this AFC West, Jack, Sean Payton, Andy Reid and the Chiefs, we've got a really good head coach in Antonio Pierce and the Raiders. And now Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers. Do we think we could see all four West teams in the playoffs next year? I mean, it's possible and we're going to yeah. be pushing for it. But yeah. look at the AFC North. Joe Burrow's going to be back. The yeah. Ravens may be coming off a Super Bowl. So maybe that actually hurts them coming off the Super Bowl because they've got sure. the hangover. But still, it's the Ravens. The Browns have been a really strong team, even without Deshaun Watson. I don't think Deshaun Watson actually makes them better. And then the Steelers just are constantly a 9-10 team no win no matter what. So because of that, I think it's going to be really tough for four teams from the same division to make it. Though that could have happened with the AFC North this year if Joe Burrow yep. stayed healthy. I just think, I don't know if we're going to see four teams from the same conference in the playoffs anytime soon, maybe someday, but given yeah. the current scape of the N landscape of the NFL, I think there's just too many good teams for That's all true. of them to re be represented in one division. That's true. All right. So then I'll, I'll make it even simpler, Jack. How quickly do the Chargers make the playoffs? Ooh, I... <laughs> I'm going to I'm I think the Chargers are going to miss playoffs this year uh, and they're going to make it next year because they're they're not in great shape if we're being honest. They they have pieces. Keenan Allen is great. Mike Williams can be great. Rashawn Slater is a future all-pro at left tackle. Zion mm -hmm. Johnson at left guard. That left side of the line is just locked down. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. But then the problem comes when you realize how much money most of those guys are making. Khalil Mack is top 10 in salary cap hit this season. So is Ke or actually Keenan Allen is not quite top 10, but Joey Bosa is Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both costing the chargers more than $20 million on the cap. So between those four players, we've got almost a hundred million in the salary cap tied up between Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. That's not sustainable. That is untenable. And unfortunately, that very well could mean you have to cut Khalil Mack and Keenan Allen, who both are coming off potentially career years, but you just have no money. And if you mm -hmm. keep kicking that salary cap can down the road, you end up like the New Orleans Saints where you can't field a competitive roster and you have no money. So I think this is going to be a reset year for the Chargers. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed when they don't make the playoffs. Some people will overreact. Oh, Jim Harbaugh should have stayed at Michigan. But no, I think in 2025, they make the playoffs and it's all uphill from there. I love that call. And I think I'm with you wholeheartedly. It's too hard to turn a team, you know, around overnight. And especially when you've got the Chiefs in that division, it's just, it's just going to be tough. The AFC is so tough. However, Jack, you stumbled onto my trap card. I was waiting and waiting and waiting until we could talk terribly about Tom Telesco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen? How did that happen? Because I don't, I also just wanted your opinion because I feel like I might've been a bit too harsh on him yesterday, but do you think that that was a good hire at all? 
Okay. No, no. I, I understand the logic that went into it. They're mm-hmm. worried that pairing Antonio Pierce, a first-time head coach with a rookie general manager, is just going to be too much for him. So I completely understand that logic. Mm-hmm. However, if you were going to go for someone that has experience as GM, I don't think you go Tom Telesco immediately <laughs> after being fired. I, Rick Spielman. For the Minnesota Vikings, if you had gone that direction, because he's taken some time off after being let go by the Minnesota Vikings, rightfully so. I did love Rick Spielman. He did a lot of great things, did more good things for the Vikings than Tom Telesco did for the Chargers. But if you wanted to go that direction where the guy's taken some time off, he's had time to reflect like Mike McCarthy did from the Packers to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But to just say, OK, well. This guy's had a bunch of bad drafts in a row. (laughs) Used to nail the first round pick for so many years. That was the one thing Tom Telesco did well is Joey Bosa. Obvious pick, great pick. Derwin James, obvious pick, great pick. Justin Herbert, obvious pick, great pick. Rashawn Slater, obvious pick, great pick. And now you get Quentin Johnston as the first round pick this year. You get a not particularly great draft, not a whole lot of contributors. You get Tuli Tuliopu, that helps. But last couple of years of drafts for Tom Telesco hasn't been it. We can already see the salary cap mismanagement from the Chargers in real time. So I understand the process, but no, this was the wrong decision for the Chargers or for the yeah. Raiders. Sorry, right decision for the Chargers to get rid of them. Great decision for the Chargers. Yeah, rough one for the Raiders. We'll see how it pans out. I'm definitely a little less uh, shiny, I guess, on the Raiders next year. I was kind of getting excited with Pierce, but I don't I don't know what they're going to be able to do with that GM right now. So we have one other news story before I want to get just some of your opinions uh, on, on some things going on around the league. And that is Vic Fangio, who is parting ways with the Dolphins and probably heading to the Eagles to be their defensive coordinator. That's not official yet. That's just what Schefter has kind of reported as he wants to be near his family in Pennsylvania. And there's mutual interest on both sides. Anything you want to talk about, about Mr. Fangio? Well, I think this is a great hire for the Philadelphia Eagles is if that is ultimately what ends up happening. Vic Fangio Mm -hmm. has had a lot of success in the NFL. I was very surprised to see him let go by the Miami Dolphins, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like it was... For the first time in a long time, you always hear mutual parting of ways. It's never a mutual parting of ways. It actually kind of sounds like this one is. It sounds like he and Mike McDaniel didn't actually get along that well behind the scenes. Maybe Mike McDaniel was too laid back for him and he kind of rubbed him the wrong way. Maybe it was with general manager. I don't know, but it sounds like there was something off in the back end and they just said, hey, you know, we're all better off if we just part ways now. And so you get a guy who knows what he's doing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Not that Sean Desai doesn't know what he's doing. He just didn't know how to manage the roster he had. He had more success with the Chicago Bears a couple of years ago. He'll find another job eventually. But you get a legit guy at defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. and kind of a hard ass too. Vic Fangio was absolutely terrifying when he wants to be. And I kind of think that's what the Eagles need because Sirianni is not serious at all. We all all have seen the video of him flipping off the chief sideline at half and Jalen Hurts having to pull his arm down, being like, come on, bro, like grow up. So I think having an adult in the room is going to make a big difference for the Philadelphia Eagles because we saw it already when there were adults in the room with Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. Nick Sirianni was fun. He could just be brash because things were going well. 
that changed drastically. So I think this is going to be a great hire. And it also kind of makes me wonder, okay, is Jim Harbaugh just going to do the one-for-one rebuild the 49ers thing? Well, Vic Fangio was available, and he's not heading to the, to the Chargers with him. Hopefully that means Greg Roman isn't coming as well. Yeah, we'll see. I've heard a lot of things that he wants to bring his Michigan staff to. I, I don't know what's going on with Harbaugh, but I do agree that Fangio would be a good move for the Eagles. They are really trying to get those star-studded coordinators. Talked yesterday on the show that they're interviewing Cliff Kingsbury for the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and they did interview Ron Rivera to be the coordinator. Uh, and it looks like they'll be going the Fangio route, so rest in peace ron rivera uh while on this story uh probably you know emphasis on probably here probably nothing happening with nick sirianni there had been rumblings for the past couple weeks that they would be parting ways with him he was supposed to meet with uh press last week ended up getting postponed to this week it was yesterday he met with them there was nothing serious really the big takeaway from this is that he just said there are some fresh ideas needed uh, on offense, particularly. So uh, I guess that is Cliff Kingsbury or, or whoever coordinator he wants to bring in to help him out there. But it's looking like Sirianni, at least one more year on the Eagles. Are you kind of picking that up as well? Yeah. And so what kind of the flow of this that has happened was, okay, Nick Sirianni's got to meet with ownership. Once mm -hmm. he meets with ownership, he better have a damn good plan. And if he doesn't have a plan good enough to replace these coordinators to rebuild the Philadelphia Eagles, yep. then it's just going to be Doug Peterson 2.0 because that's exactly what happened with Doug Peterson. Yep. They planned to bring Doug Peterson back. They thought he was going to be their head coach once again. And the picks for coordinators, the picks for key staff just was uninspiring. And ownership mm -hmm. said, we're not winning a Super Bowl like this. So sorry, it's time to move on. I thought that was what was going to happen with Nick Sirianni. I didn't think people were going to be lining up to work with him with the Philadelphia Eagles, but yeah. it seems as though I was wrong. And if that's the case, if they are able to bring in a strong staff, then I'm all right with Nick Sirianni coming back. I just didn't have the confidence personally that he was actually going to do that. No, I, I'm with you there. I think coordinators are more important than everyone gives credit anyway. Uh, and so I do think bringing in these star-studded coordinators would help a lot. And uh, hopefully he can, you know, keep his job. <laughs> we, we hate seeing people lose jobs, but, you know, Absolutely. It, is a, it is definitely a competitive uh, career path that a lot of these people are on. So anyway, that's the Eagles right now. Jack, I want to get some of your opinions, and we'll start with the first and biggest opinion out there right now, Bill Belichick. What are your thoughts on these rumors? Do you have any, you know, inklings towards anything uh, or just thoughts on Bill Belichick in general? Oh, I'm starting to wonder if Bill Belichick's even going to get a job this year. So I, I know I assume the rumors you're talking about is that he wants to coach for a smaller market because he's worried about the media. Is that kind of what you're getting at with the rumors? Uh, no, I just in general, you know, Falcon yeah. no team, just in general, just Bill Belichick conversation here on Wake to Take. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no, because I've heard rumors that he doesn't want to play in a big media market. The fewer the reporters, the better. Which, that, that raises a red flag. Of course, it was Mike Florio who reported it, so take that with a grain of salt. And I'm just starting to wonder if the Falcons went into this process saying, we want Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is going to be our head coach, but we still have to do the right thing. We have to have interviews with other people. And so they interview Belichick. They interview some of these other guys and think, huh, maybe... We don't want Belichick. Maybe yeah. this isn't what we actually want. We want to go for the star-studded hire. We want people singing our names. We want to swing for the fences. Is Bill Belichick really swinging for the fences? And 
the longer this process goes on, the more second interviews that we see. Because at first when it was, okay, Belichick's got a second interview and Jim Harbaugh is going to go for a second interview. I'm thinking, okay, that makes sense. They're trying to use Jim Harbaugh to leverage and make Bill Belichick sign for less money. But then you get another second interview. Then you get another second interview. I think they've got five or six second interviews set up with the Atlanta Falcons already. They rush to make sure Ben Johnson interviews immediately after the game because otherwise they wouldn't be able to interview him until after the Super Bowl. So they get Ben Johnson in the building. They talk to him. And I'm st- I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know who, what choice the Falcons are ultimately going to make. But I don't think it's Bill Belichick anymore. I, and I'm kind of thankful. I'm still just hoping it's Eric the Enemy or Ben Johnson. That'd be fine. I want to call Bobby Slowick. That'd be cool too. Yeah, That'd be Bobby cool Slowick I mean, is personally, one that's- personally, selfishly, I just want Slowick to stay in Houston <laughs> as the coordinator. Uh, just, I mean, he's done a good job, and I'm, you know, I'm just, I just like CJ Stroud a lot, and so I'd like to see that. But you know, yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a good head coach. Uh, and yeah, any I, I want an offensive coordinator at Atlanta. I'm tired of a, of, a, of a defensive guy coming in and making this offense perform worse than it should. So so that's where I'm thinking. I don't think Bill Belichick would do a good job. And I think that you're probably right about what you mentioned earlier. I know it was Mike Florio that uh, reported it about him wanting to be in a small market. But I do think that makes a lot of sense for Bill Belichick. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've felt a lot that if he were to go to a team expectations would just be very high. He would have a very short leash and having less media attention would definitely kind of ease some pressure and concerns on him and also just give him a bit more uh, leeway around the team in general. Uh, But yeah, it is trending towards him just not, not getting a job. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I just hope he would just retire. I just want to walk away. I'm tired of all these rumors. Just retire while everyone still remembers you as a great head coach and don't do anything else, Mr. Bill, but all right. Let's move on to probably the most important thing in the world, in Jack in Jack Kavanaugh's world at least, the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship. We'll start with the NFC. What are your thoughts on this game? Oh, I am so excited for this matchup. I was able, I was fortunate enough to talk to left tackle of the Detroit Lions, Taylor Decker, earlier this week on the Believe in Lions podcast. And you can just feel that this team is ready. Just every word he speaks, you can just tell how much this means to the team, how excited they are to do this for the city. And the thing that stood out most to me is they know that they're the underdogs on paper, but they don't feel like underdogs. Instead, they're actually relishing the idea that they get to go into someone else's stadium, someone else's home field, embrace the booze, and play the villain in someone else's story crushing the 49ers dreams and it's starting to sound like about 25 percent of the attendance of the nfc championship are going to be detroit lions fans i like that i like it and i mean they've got to be pumped up seeing how poorly the 49ers kind of played last week uh, against those packers now a lot of it is the packers just playing unbelievable football out of nowhere but still seeing that team come out pretty slow has to spark some confidence for the lions and did you see that Fred Warner came out yesterday and called Jared Goff one of the best quarterbacks in the league? I did. I did. And I think that was smart for Fred Warner because if he had yeah. said anything negative, oh, Jared Goff is taking that to heart. We've seen it throughout the year. Jared Goff is confident. Jared Goff is back. Jared Goff has always kind of been a little bit emotional, a little bit of, for lack of a better word, a head case where he gets in his own head 
and that can prevent him from succeeding. That happened with the Los Angeles Rams. That happened at the start of his time with Detroit, but the message from the Lions from Dan Campbell was, hey, just keep slinging. Just keep going out there. Keep firing away, and you're going to make something happen. You are going to make something beautiful, and even that slump earlier this year, it was the only one who's going to get us out of this slump is you, Jared Goff. You just keep firing away, and sure enough, it happened. So if he had said anything negative, I think it would have turned out like the Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared Goff is a poor man's Matt Ryan comments where Goff comes out and puts him on the spot and embarrasses him. So I I think that was wise by Fred Warner. And I think this is just going to be a really good matchup. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really excited for it. I did want to get two things out of the way first. Do you think Zach Ertz makes an impact at all? Or do you think that's a Super Bowl contingent plan? I think he might make a small impact. I do think he plays because both tight end two Brock Wright, he's out. He broke his forearm. He's going to be okay. out for this game and for the uh, the Super Bowl. James Mitchell, the tight end three, he's going to be out this game. He went on injured reserve to have his hand repaired, surgically repaired. He mm-hmm. might be able to come back for the Super Bowl. I can't remember if he's actually going to be able to or not, but it's going to be going to be borderline for him. So that just leaves Sam Laporta and Anthony Ferkser as their two tight ends. They do have fullback Jason Cabinda, but for that reason, I do think Zach Ertz is going to be active on game day. And if he's active, I think he's going to get a couple snaps. That The Lions yeah. like their two, three tight end sets. They like to mix and match. I don't think it's going to be a big role. Maybe yeah. 10 to 12 snaps, maybe even 10 to 12% of the snaps. But either way, I do think we're going to see Zach Ertz. I think he's going to have at least one reception on a critical third down. Yep. And I'm excited. I'm happy that they went out and got Zach Ertz. Who would have thought that the Lions would be the team that players go to ring chase with? I, it's it's awesome, man. It's got to feel so good for Detroit fans. It really, really does. I mean, it's it's been a it's been a long road to get here. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on Zach Ertz. I think at most three targets, and I love the one reception call, whether it be a touchdown or a critical third down. I think he will come up in a very important moment for these Detroit Lions. I wanted to mention again before we move on to AFC Championship, we've got to mention that curse of Kirk Cousins. No team that has lost to Kirk Cousins in the regular season has gone on to represent their conference in the Super Bowl. The 49ers did lose to the Vikings this year. Suggesting maybe the Lions could make it. And the Harry Snowman pointed out in the chat that the 49ers are 0-6 against the spread in their last six games at home. And on the opposite the Detroit Lions are 7-2 and two against the spread on the road. So things are hopefully lining up really, really well for the Lions. Your take, are they winning? Yes. Yes, the Detroit okay. Lions are going to win 24-20. to 20. All right. And I will, for the sake of knowing pretty much everything I say goes wrong on this show, the 49ers win this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right with it as long as it's a reverse jinx. <laughs> We'll move on to the AFC Championship, which is also a pretty good game. We've got the Chiefs somehow making it again uh, against the Ravens. Lamar Jackson has come out. They asked in an interview yesterday if he's excited to compete against Patrick Mahomes, and he said he hates competing against Patrick Mahomes. I think that's hilariously candid, and I do not blame him. I'm going to be honest here. I really do think the Chiefs can end up winning this game. I would be terrified if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, but what are your thoughts? Oh, I think Lamar Jackson handled it perfectly. Also gave him credit that Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. 
Not that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Not that he will eventually earn his way into the Hall of Fame. No, Patrick Mahomes right now is a Hall of Famer. And I don't think you can disagree with him. He is clearly being the best quarterback in the NFL since he became the starting quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. He already has two Super Bowl rings. That's a Hall of Fame resume in just six years as a starter. So he'd be first ballot today. And that was just good for Lamar Jackson to give him credit. Now, that being said, I do think it's the Baltimore Ravens time. I do think it's Lamar Jackson's time. I do think that the offense and the defense of the Baltimore Ravens is too much to compete with for just the defense and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice. And I guess mm-hmm. Isaiah Pacheco too, but I'm giving more credit to Kansas City Chiefs than I initially planned to, but I still just think the Ravens are going to be too much to overcome, especially with left guard Joe Tooney not expected to play for the Kansas City Ooh. Chiefs. That is going to be a game changer with Justin Matabuke leading all defensive tackles in sacks this year. Double-digit sacks from a defensive tackle is yeah. nuts. Yeah, he's, I believe, the first offensive tackle to do that since Aaron Donald, if I remember correctly. I think so. Uh, Aaron yeah. Donald definitely did it recently. I yeah. don't think anyone else has. <laughs> yeah, uh, if what a year from him. Dropped him in my IDP league last year, like week 14. I was like, I'm tired of holding this guy. He's not getting any snaps. And then, of course. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you're picking the Ravens to win this game. I am. I am taking the Ravens. I think this is going to be a war. I think this will be a little bit higher scoring than the Lions 49ers. Mm-hmm. I think this one's going to end up 31-27, 31-28, somewhere in that ballpark. But the Baltimore Ravens do end up with the victory. Yeah, I I think I'm with you, but something in my gut is telling – I mean, I guess that's maybe the close game gut. I do think that this is ultimately the Ravens' year. Lamar Jackson deserves it, and I think he runs wild in this one. I think he rushes for at least 100 yards in this game. Whether or not those turn into touchdowns will be the big question, but uh, with Joe Tooney probably out, like you mentioned, it's going to be tough for them to even get the running game going on the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a really tough time uh, running up the middle, especially against that defensive line, so I – it's going to be tough for the Chiefs to get things going. So, yeah, the Ravens probably win this game. And uh, we're looking at, you know, one, two seeds. Uh, or, no, the Lions end up with the three seeds. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, just these top teams, hopefully, in the Super Bowl. Uh, going to be a good one. Who Lions, should have, Lions should have been the second seed, but they got screwed by the refs against the Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Oh, by the way, I guess while we're speaking of screwing the refs, the ref for this game has, like, the lowest home team winning percentage out of any ref in the league. Like, he's, like, a 35% of the time he's refereed. The home team has won, uh, and the average is over 50% for the home team winning. So there are lots of concerns about the NFL rigging it for the Chiefs, you know, all on the internet. But I, I don't I did see that, and then I saw a deep dive. I didn't really pay that much attention to the deep dive, but I kind of get the impression that there were quite a few road favorites that did end up winning. Fair enough. So we'll see. People people can can use numbers to make any argument, especially when it comes to referees. They are going to make every argument. And let's be honest, the refs don't deserve our benefit of the doubt, but I, I, I am not one of those people that think the NFL is rigged. Neither am I. I. I think we would know by now, right? We would know by now. Like, <laughs> anyway, I do want to know who's winning the Super Bowl then while I have you. The Detroit Lions will knock off the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl. Revenge for the beating that the Ravens handled handed the Lions earlier this season. They didn't have left guard Jonah Jackson then. They weren't clicking the way they're clicking now. They were kind of in the midst of a 
funk at that point. So I mm-hmm. think that the Baltimore Ravens will lose to the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl, bring the Lombardi home to Detroit for the first time ever. <laughs> 